The Swain Event Podcast is driven by Beatty Chevrolet. For your new and pre-owned vehicle shopping needs, visit BeattyChevrolet.com. Deep down the middle's got his man, and he's gone. Jason Swain, touchdown. It's time for the Swain Event with your host, Jason Swain. My man. Real sports talk for the real sports fan. All you chumps are going to bow when I whip him. It's time for the Swain Event, fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Get into his house and a red flag. Saturday in October, one of the best robbery matchups in the history of college football and the SEC. Joined by my brother, Ben McKee, Go Balls 247. Hope you are having a wonderful morning. I'm live from the Low T Center studio. Ben, what it do? Good morning. It do a lot. It, it, it's a big weekend, big week for a lot of people. I know this one means not a little uh, more extra as Tennessee just announced that they will be rocking the Stormtroopers on Saturday. No orange britches. Tennessee going all white uh, this this weekend in, in Tuscaloosa. No, this one means a, a lot more to you individually. Um, means more to to me as as well. Going to high school and and. Uh, community college in Alabama have a lot of friends uh, that that went to to the U of A and uh, <laughs> have been communicating all week. But but I'm curious. We had this conversation before your trip to the swamp. I, I think we need to bring it up again because this is this is an even bigger trip for you for years on the show on, on the real Swain event Monday through Friday, seven to ten a.m. Eastern. You always talked about how you you would probably never make the trip down to Tuscaloosa. You, that, that that you probably it probably wasn't in your best interest to to be around the toothless. So I, I, I'm curious: are are you prepared to re- remain firm in your emotions, bottle them in, handle them well? Are are, are you prepared to make this trip? Because for years on the swing of it, you talked about how. You didn't think it was in your best interest to go down there. You know, one thing I'm proud of, Ben, is the the personal growth that I have uh, had over the years. Um, Being a better friend, a better um, husband and and father, and um, I've grown, Ben. Uh, I have more patience now. Um, I, I have a little bit longer of a fuse now, um, which is perfect for football because uh, you can let it all out um, on the football field in a game that is designed to be violent. Um, you got to play with a certain type of fire. You got to be half, half crazy uh, sometimes. But I am proud of the growth, Ben. And uh, I feel like I've grown 
I thought I did a pretty good job handling myself in Gainesville. I think I would do a pretty good job in Tuscaloosa. Um, I'm not in, in the stands. No, well, I'm not in the stands. I think that's that's. I think that's. The, I think that helps. Uh, so I'm not in the stands. I'm but not does it engage it? Oh, absolutely. Well, because I I can see a scenario where where, where an Alabama fan is is yelling at you from it. the stands because you have on that Tennessee gear. You're on the sideline with the football team. That they're going to assume, mostly accurately, that that you are associated with the football team in that moment. I, I think that because you're on the field with the team, you, you could get a little more hate thrown your way. I'm I'm sure I could. I'm sure I will. Um, but I won't be able to hear them anyways because I'll be listening to the broadcast. I will have my uh, earbuds in, and I, I will not hear what's going on uh, from the stands. Well, so, loud is loud in the SEC anyways. I mean, yeah. Brian Denny's no different than Vanderbilt Stadium on, on West End. Uh, no no different than Vault Hemingway. I mean, Brian Denny, uh, no no different than the, the, the Rock Palace over there in Como. Easy. I, I mean, it, it's just loud is, is loud. And I will that's, say, I was very proud worker. of you in the swamp. There's a little ruckus there at, at the end, a, a little brouhaha. On the field in that Florida game, and and you did not go participate. I, I was very proud of you. I I, I don't know that a, a Jason Swain that had just graduated from Tennessee. I, I I'm not so sure that he would not have stepped on over there and and maybe thrown up his fists and, nah, and, and tried to get in the brouhaha. That's not that wasn't my fight between Florida's offensive lineman and Kamal Hatton and all those other guys. I'm I'm 39 years old. I I am not in shape. Uh, that's not my fight. I don't know what they was fighting about, but. They can handle it. That's their business. I know one thing. I know how to stay out of other people's business. And um, that's what I did. I watched it. That ain't got nothing to do with me. And so, man, this this game, Ben, um, I want to know, like, the confidence level. Like, how, how, does, how do people feel uh, today? I remember this point last year. I had a very, very um, high confidence level going into this football game because of the way that that we were playing and to refresh the memory of of those who are listening and watching this defense wasn't that good at the time um you did have a good all-around performance from the football team on the road at LSU you had a performance with a defense carried the offense in that Pittsburgh game. Um, but the offense was, was carrying the defense for the most part. But the, but the offense was so electric that we outscored folks. And we felt like that Tennessee had opportunity to do that against Alabama. And people were ordering their cigars. They were prepared to have their cigars on hand. Um, it's Thursday. You know how it is on game week when you're playing a good opponent. Confidence seems to rise as the week goes along. And here we are on, on a Thursday. So, uh, man, I want to go to the Beatty Chevrolet text box uh, early this morning. And I want to I get the take of you, the, the listener, the, 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 the caller. Um, what, is, what is the confidence level? What is the confidence level? Um right now from 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 Tennessee fans. And Ben, what do you think the conference level should be? 
Well, to, to me, it's a, it's a two-part question um, because I, I think there are, are two different confidence levels. Uh, at, at least there is uh, for me when, when looking at Tennessee's ability uh, to win this football game. Uh, first and foremost, Tennessee absolutely can win this football game. This is a very winnable game for Tennessee. Um, you know, for many years, Tennessee has gone down to Tuscaloosa or, or Alabama has come to Knoxville. And and we talked about in the preseason over the summer, zero chance that, that Tennessee wins this football game. Game week arrives, zero chance Tennessee wins this football game. Uh, that That is no longer the case now in, in back-to-back years uh, under Josh Heupel. So, uh, Tennessee can absolutely win this football game, uh, but my level of confidence does vary depending on the topic of the matchup. Uh, we'll, we'll start with the negative, I guess. I don't have a ton of confidence in Joe Milton going down to Tuscaloosa and, and being able to make the plays necessary that a quarterback needs to make to beat Alabama in Tuscaloosa. We talked on Tuesday's show uh, about needing to receive good quarterback play and, and the quarterbacks that, that have beaten Nick Saban throughout his tenure at Alabama and not only do you need good quarterback play but you need even better quarterback play this particular weekend because you're on the road in Tuscaloosa in a hostile in environment I mean you 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 need somebody like Casey Clawson to, to to lead you to a win and and I don't know that Joe is is capable of leading Tennessee to a win in Tuscaloosa and I'm not putting it all on Joe I do think he needs to play better much better uh, but the receivers need to step up as well. Ramel Keaton, you got to get going. You got to get going. You you can't drop wide open touchdowns in Tuscaloosa if you want to beat Alabama on the road. You you just can't. So uh, I, I don't have a, a ton of confidence that the passing game can do enough uh, to, to win this game. I, I don't know if running the football will solely get the job done kind of like it did against A&M because I think Alabama's defense is, is a little bit better uh, and there needs to be more semblance of, of a balance. Uh, Nick Saban is, is not DJ Durkin. <laughs> the, the the defensive coaching will be much better this week. So uh, not, not a ton of confidence in the passing attack. But on the other hand, I have a ton of confidence in, in Tennessee's defense going into this football game. Uh, I, I, I expect Tennessee's defensive front, defensive line to win their matchup with Alabama's offensive line. Uh, just a, a very talented group up front for Alabama, but not very experienced. And we've seen this Tennessee defensive front, uh, especially James Pierce out on the edge, take advantage of young offensive linemen all season long. And and I kind of think that's going to happen uh, again. Uh, again, I, I expect uh, for Tennessee's defensive front to win its matchup. And if it does, I, I think that is going to be great things for the defense with the way Kamal Haddon is playing. Uh, Wesley Walker. I like what Gabe Judy Lally is doing opposite of Kamal Haddon. Maybe you're able to get Danico Slaughter back a little bit more this week. I, I think this is a secondary that can absolutely hold up against these Alabama receivers. Th- these aren't Jerry Judy and uh, Amari Cooper and, and Julio Jones. Uh, it, it, it's it's not that. Jamison Williams, whoever you want to bring up, I, I don't think that this set of Alabama receivers are what they have been in the past. So I, I think I think this is a matchup that Tennessee defense can absolutely win if it bottles up Jalen Milrow. So I have a ton of confidence with Tennessee's defense, not a ton of confidence with Tennessee's offense because of the passing game. That's Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain, live in the Low T Center studio. Swain events fueled by Dead and Barbecue. 
Uh, when we come back, we'll go straight to the phones. Taking your phone calls at 865-255-03. You can hit us up straight from the Swain Event app. That's free for Android Apple devices. Really easy, really simple. Look forward to hearing from you. Swain Event fueled by Dead End Barbecue, top 100 barbecue restaurant in America. Be right back. You're listening to The Swain Event. You don't say. Fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Hey, Knoxville, we all know the importance of mental health. Most people don't have regular mental health care. They often wait. Let's change that. Isn't it time we all consider our mental health as important as our physical health? If you are ready, Mind Body Wellness in Knoxville can help you design a plan for your mental wellness. We are accessible, affordable, and available. You are worth it. Visit mindbodyknoxville.com to schedule a mental wellness assessment today. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go, Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. Hey, Val Nation. This is Charlie Pratt, financial representative with Modern Woodman and MWA Financial Services. Modern Woodman has been touching lives and securing futures for 140 years. Being born and raised here in East Tennessee, I'm honored to help East Tennesseans in all phases of life with retirement planning, investments, and life insurance. A big win on Saturday starts with preparation early in the week. A secure financial future starts with planning today. Contact my office today at 865-919-6468 to review your financial plan and make sure you are on track for success. As always, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor, representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodman of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Good morning, Swain Event family. Take a deep breath in and release. We're all back together in the AM and life is good. If you have real estate needs, just give me a call, Jennifer Morris, at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com and go Vols. Just because you can't call in doesn't mean that you have to sit on the sideline. Impact the show with a text box. It's part of the free Swain Events app. Swain Event, SwainEvent.com, fueled by Dan Barbecue. Let's go to the phones this morning. My telephone number is 865-255-03. Swain Event, fueled by Dan Barbecue. And um, who do we have with us this morning? Good morning, by the way. Hey, morning. It's, uh, it's Caleb, man. What's up, Caleb? Hey, what's going on, guys? What's up? Um, hey, man, I like the question, though, on how confident um, – about that, man, I'm like I said, I'm not being unrealistic here, but I ain't scared of Bama by any means. Uh, they, they didn't look that good against USF. They didn't look that good against Arkansas. Um, and this is a rivalry game. And, I mean, man, there was something about, like, I remember when I was younger, Swain, and, man, I'm not just putting you on a pedestal, but, like, you were one of my favorite players. And I remember going to those games and 
every fan thinks this, you know. You think, like, you make a connection with a player type thing, like you're pointing at the player or whatever, and it's pregame warm-ups, you're doing drills, and, like, you could tell, like, hey, man, I, I remember screaming, like, yo, Swain, let's get it today, you know what I mean? And you could tell by the swagger and the confidence that there wasn't a game that you were going into where you expected to lose. And I know the last couple of years we had that, but since Topple got here, man, it's it's not been that way at all. And to revert it back to y'all, like, what do y'all think is the next step for Heifel? Because I, he is the guy, right? We we know that he has done something each year that's been an improvement. You know, winning that Orange Bowl, beating Florida, um, beating Bama last year. But for me, I think as a third-year coach, man, to really take that next step, you got to win on the road against your rival. Y'all, y'all agree with that? <clears throat> Absolutely. Yeah, I mean – and the way Tennessee's schedule has been set up, you either play Alabama or you play, you know, Georgia at home. And this year, um, you play Florida and Alabama on the road. And it's been like that for, for years. And so uh, Alabama, right. Georgia, Florida, those are your, your biggest three. And ultimately you are mm-hmm. judged as a head coach here by what you do in those in those in those games. Yeah, absolutely. And like when you look at it, man, from the national level. Um, you know, ain't nobody really giving Tennessee a chance here just because they think it's the Tennessee of the last 10 years, you know? Like, they're all surprised that we won last year. But, like, as a Tennessee fan who grew up <laughs> in the 90s and in the early 2000s, granted, I understand the college football landscape has changed. But, man, the dog mentality has to be the same. Like, you still have to have that that swagger and that confidence of, nah, man, we got a legitimate chance of winning this game, and I think we do. I, I understand that there is issues, like I said. We talked about it a lot on Tuesday. I heard a lot about Joe Milton and stuff on Tuesday and the receivers. But, man, let's like what you said Tuesday, let's look at the Like, we can run the ball. And we got a great defense. And I think this is more of an opportunity than anything else. Like, if you're, if you're a ball player right now and you've really got some fight in you and you've really got some dog in you, you better be going into that game with some confidence because – Man, you know this. You, you've been living here for a long time, man. You know, like, this week right here is going to determine the rest of the season. If we don't get this W on Bama, ain't nobody here going to be happy, especially after already losing to Florida. And that's just being honest. I know that people's like, well, that's too much credit. That's, that's too much pressure to put on a kid. Listen, man, when I was their age, I was overseas. You know what I mean? I was serving a country. So I know about pressure. This is a big thing, yes, but it's football, man. Like. Put everything that you can into it right now. You know what I'm saying? So, like, my take on it is, yeah, I'm confident. If you had to ask, like, to Ben's question, to your question, like, I'm about 60% that Tennessee can win this game. I think that's realistic. I think that's fair. But, uh, yeah, man, like, that's just that's just kind of my take. But I think you have to have that signature win on the road to really show the world that, hey, Josh Hoppel is legitimately a good coach, and this team – it's a totally different team than what that last decade team was. And I'll, I'll hang up and let y'all do the same. But, guys, I appreciate it. Go Vols. And uh, let's get it Saturday, man. Okay, Third Saturday you. in October. Hey, let's get you. it. Thank you, Caleb. Appreciate the phone call. I, I don't I don't think Josh Hopper needs to prove that he's a good coach and and win this game. I think Hypo's already proven that he's a really, really good coach. I mean, I think this game and a win would um, you know kind of add – to the narrative that he is one of the the best uh, young coaches. And Hypo hasn't been coaching in a very, very long time. 
Um, I don't think there's a need to sit here this morning and make sure our guys understand the importance of this game, um, hype them up. They know what they need to do. They know how important this game is. Don't buy into the, it's just another game. It's not just another game. It's not just another game for either side because whoever wins the game, you smoke a cigar. That's not a normal game, guys. That's not a normal game. You only smoke cigars in big games. And at the pro level, we saw that was Joe Burrow. You, you smoke cigars when you win a championship. So that tells you how important this game is. So don't buy into the, oh, just another game. It's not a normal game. It may be said on the outside, but on the inside, everyone understands the importance of, of this game. So I don't think we need to check the the pulse of our football team and the guys on our football team to make sure like they understand that they got to be ready to go. They'll be, they'll be ready to go. They will be ready to go. Um, I don't necessarily agree with the idea that this game is going to determine the rest of your season either. I think it is very realistic that Tennessee could lose this game and beat Georgia because this team has shown in the last two years of change that we are a different football team at home. Guys, we we won a game at home versus one of the most talented teams in the country last week with over 100 yards in penalties, 100 yards passing. How? How do you do that? Well, you found a way to win with the punt return and playing great defense. Could we have done all that on the road if we were at a and I, I don't know. The last three away games in hostile environments would say no. So just because something happens this week doesn't mean it's going to happen next week. Like, we've seen how crazy, especially this season is, with everybody kind of beating everybody. But this game, without a doubt, Ben McKee, is it's super important. No doubt about it. To, to a lot of Tennessee fans, th- this is the biggest game on the schedule For year sure. in and, and year out. And, and a lot of that is based on geography, right? Like our uh, Tennessee fans that are listening in Florida right now, they probably hate Florida the most because they deal with Florida fans on, on a regular basis. Same with, with our Vol fans in, in Georgia and South Carolina and so on and so forth. Kentucky, uh, I, I'm sure there's also some Tennessee fans uh, in Nashville who hate uh, Vanderbilt the most, Vanderbilt, uh, because they know one of the few Vanderbilt fans, and, and they're just annoying as can be. So a lot of it's based on geography, but for the large majority of Tennessee fans, I, I do believe that uh, this is the biggest rival for them. So this game means a lot to a lot of people, uh, and it is no different than, or it is different than all the other games. This this isn't just a, another SEC football game. So no. uh, and. and Josh Heupel showed last year that in these moments, he doesn't shy away from telling his team that either. And I think that allowed Tennessee to go be successful last year. So nothing really caught them off guard, I guess, when Saturday rolled around and in the scene, the environment, 
uh, it, it didn't throw them off because Josh Heupel talked to them all week about how, how big that Florida game was when game day was in town, uh, how big of a trip it was to Baton Rouge, how big of a game it was when Alabama came to town and, and game day was back and SEC Nation and all this, all that. I uh, haven't, haven't beaten Alabama in X amount of years. Uh, so I, I think Josh Heupel does a really good job of preparing his team mentally by just facing the noise within the team meeting at the beginning of the week. Everybody is aware of everything, so it doesn't catch them off guard on, on Saturday. But uh, to Caleb's point, this is a very important game, uh, and I tend to agree with him that, that this likely dictates how successful of a season Tennessee is going to have. Obviously, if you lose this game to your swing point, you can still come back from it, but boy, would it make it hard if you lose this one. I mean, your, your SEC East title race hopes are, are, are pretty much on the line this week. Not not 100% because, like you said, you can bounce back, but it, it would make it very difficult to overcome this loss and, and get to Atlanta. Uh, Georgia still doesn't have an SEC loss, and uh, you would have to beat them and hope that they lose to somebody else. Uh, Florida has, has one SEC loss and the tiebreaker on you. Missouri currently has one loss. I would assume that they lose to Georgia this weekend and, and they'll fall out of the race. Uh, but, hey, that is a home game, and it is college football, and Georgia will be without Brock Bowers for, for the first time. So interested to see what that looks like, but I would still expect Georgia to win that football game. Uh, so th- this is very, very important for Tennessee to, to staying in the race. And I, I have a question for you, Swain. Okay. I said it last segment. I think you got to get Romel Keaton involved early. W- what is a simple way to get Romel Keaton involved early? Uh, simple, simple curl route. I mean, that's that can that can be really, really good um, on the outside, man. Just running fourteen back to twelve, twelve back to ten, man. Just catching the ball, making a guy miss, picking up a first down, like. I would say get him a couple screen passes early, but you ain't you don't have Brew out there blocking for you. And I, I think there's a reason why we didn't see a lot of that uh, in, in last week's game. I, I think really missing Brew um, there. So I would say, man, help Rebel just pick up early first downs. I think if, if we do that, that can help with his confidence. His confidence right now uh, is shot. And it, it doesn't make any sense to me. It makes no sense. When you prepare the way Ramel prepares, you should have the highest amount of confidence on the football team. When you're preparing for a test on Friday, you've studied every day of the week leading up to that test, and you know the material inside and out. There's a level of confidence that you have before you take the test. You're not anxious. You're not nervous. You're ready. The reason why you're ready is because you prepared. And you go in there and you make an A. It's no surprise you make an A because you prepare for that, for that test. Romel has caught so many balls, has worked so hard in the complex. Catching jugs, different situations, whether they're deep routes or, or intermediate routes. For him to be going through what he's going through just doesn't make sense um, to me because he's a senior. He's played in big games. He's already proven that he can make the routine catch in big plays. It, it would be one thing if he was a redshirt freshman or sophomore, and we heard about this this work that he's put in for a year, and 
he was getting his first opportunity this year, and it wasn't translating from the practice field to the game field. And this was the first time that we saw him play. But Ramel has made plays already in big games. And to go through what he's going through right now, man, I, I feel I feel bad for him. Um, I think he's going to be very, very important. I don't think Tennessee's going to be able to, to have Chaz Nimrod uh, be the leading receiver, not going over 50 yards, and Tennessee be able to win this game. But I didn't think that last week, man. Like, I didn't think Tennessee would be able to win with only 100 yards in the air and win, but it yeah. happened. Um, yeah, but that last weekend also wasn't Alabama in Tuscaloosa. You, you, you've got to have your veteran receivers make plays on the road in this game. And does Joe Milton need to be better? 1,000%. He, 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 in a lot of ways, needs to be a lot better. But at some point, your receivers got to go make a play, too. you you, you got to go make a play. I, I know that's what you all are, are taught as receivers. I know, I know that's the mindset that you have. At, at points, you have to go help your quarterback and just make a play, even if he doesn't give you the best ball uh, to, to catch. And that was kind of my opinion on the – I guess it was a slant that Ramel dropped, that, that it was behind him. It was behind him. That's not on Ramel. Okay. Yeah, well, it, 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 hit, it also hit him right in both hands. No, it hit me. And, and I, I don't and I've also heard hands. you say that he's got to catch that before. So No, that was, it, it, that was, that was behind him. That was a, I think it was an uncatchable ball. Uh, okay. I, I think he hit it. I don't think he got his right hand on it. I think he just got his left hand on it. It was a, gotcha. that was a hard catch. Okay, fair enough. But you still got to go make a play for your for your quarterback. Uh, yeah. He, and like not to call Squirrel wide out because Squirrel has been Tennessee's best receiver this year. But the the plays that I'm referencing when I say go make a play for your quarterback is like the one where Squirrel had down the sideline where he kind of tripped over his own feet. Which I get that happens. That that can be part of sports at, at times. But uh, the, Joe made a nice play on that particular play and, and got the ball to Squirrel, and, and Squirrel had a lot of room to run up the sideline and kind of tripped over his own feet and, and was una- unable to secure the catch as he was tripping to the ground. The, those are the type of plays I'm talking about. Go go make a play for your quarterback and, and help him out, and, and who knows, maybe those plays, if you can make it, can help build confidence for Joe, uh, and, and he can build off of those completion so i'm with you Chaz nimrod can't be your go-to guy even though i thought he looked good against a&m and he impressed me against a&m Ramel keaton and squirrel white those are the two that i think have to lead you as a receiving court in this football game yeah i mean sometimes you, you trip you fall i mean it's part of it uh sometimes guys get the ball after catching it or, or getting a handoff and Hey man, the, the blades of grass—they get you sometimes. Uh, it's unfortunate. It doesn't point to a lack of focus or a lack of effort. It just—it just happens, and um, you don't want it to happen at the worst time when you need to make a play uh, the most. Um, you know, r- r- here's here's where there's no excuses for any receiver on this football team. You know, there was a corner route that Joe threw. I thought was perfectly thrown and um you know R- Romel slowed down I don't know why he slowed down and um if there's any lesson that these guys have learned playing with Joe is that he can touch every part of the, of the field with his throw strongest arm in college football so you may be running 50 yards 
on a go route and the ball hasn't come to you yet, the natural thing to do sometimes as a receiver is to slow down. But you can't because if you keep running, he can throw it over your shoulder 75 yards. He can do that. So it's one thing to you know, drop a pass when you're going full speed or make a mistake when you're going full speed, but we can't have any plays where we're not running through the ball and running um, our, our routes at full speed. Like, that, that, that can't happen. And, listen, you can get confused sometimes and your mind can top your feet what you're supposed to be doing or whatever, like, and, and the video looks like you're not playing hard. You just can't let that happen. You got to do whatever you have to do to avoid that from happening. Um, so our, our text box, you may be able to send text in. Um, for some reason, I'm not able to, to see them um, on, on our end. This is the first time since the app was created that, that this has ever happened, honestly. Uh, we got the app. Uh, the new app was was created during during COVID, and, and so uh, this is the first time we've had some issues on the back end, not able to see your your text messages uh, coming in. So apologize there. And, uh, I'm working to find some answers, and I continue to do that um, when we when we're off air uh, with the company that um, built the app. So uh, apologize for that. You can also Tweet us at Swain Event, um, at Ben McKee fourteen uh, for your for your comments and, and questions. So, a uh, little note on that. The text box still is brought to you by Betty Chevrolet. Still, yep. you can obviously uh, check out the YouTube page as well. Leave yep. comments there. So there there are other ways to to get your questions in and answered. Yeah, 100%. Or you can just give us a call. 865-255-03 uh, is our telephone number. Uh, the Betty Chevrolet text box. Right now, $7,500 off MSRP on the 2023 Chevy Silverados. 0% financing, no payment for 90 days, $1,000 um, allowance um, when you get your new 2023 Chevrolet Silverado. Let's uh, let's go to the phones and then we'll take another time out. Good morning. Morning. Good morning. Good morning. Who are we speaking Melissa. with this this fine morning? This is Melissa in Virginia. Hey, Melissa. Sorry, I didn't expect you to answer that quick. I was trying the text box, but I hear again. Yeah. I was just going to say, I know we keep talking about the uh, the past game not going well, but just. I think it takes away some time from just how awesome our defense and running game and yep. special teams have been. And um, I know, um, you know, we had that certain wide receiver hit a female ball fan on the field because he was scared last year. And mm-hmm. I'm just hoping our defense gives him something to actually be afraid of this year. And I think they can. And I'd love to see Hadden uh, get a pick again. Um, I know we've had some road woes, but I feel like with Mays back, it'll be better. And, um, you know, on the offensive line, and I'm hoping that Wright can run all over him. I know, you know, we, we were able to do that against Texas A&M. I know it's Bama, but I think he can. And, uh, you know, and the other two. So just looking forward to that. And go Vols. I hope the defense just tears it up. 
Yes. And I'll hang up and let you listen to you guys. <laughs> Thank you so much. Appreciate the phone call, mm-hmm. Melissa. And uh, man, I love the female callers, y'all. Keep it, keep it coming, keep it coming. Uh, have a lot of female listeners love when we get uh, phone calls. And uh, you know, Omar Normalot should be, you know, back. To think this defensive line was dominant as they were without him is is crazy. So he'll be back. Um, hopefully, Gerald Mincy will be be all right, be be good to go. We'll need him. Um, but yeah, Jermaine Burton last year was uh, the center of controversy with um, the post-game activities, Tennessee fans rushing the field, and um, uh, Tennessee female fans. And uh, I know this game is going to be very, very important to him, honestly. And uh, our secondary will have a challenge because I think he's playing with a uh, tremendous amount of confidence. He's playing his best football uh, of his career. But we got some guys on our back end that's playing the best football uh, of their careers, too. So it'll be fun. 865-255-03. Oh, Jalen Milrow said it'll be fun. They're going to have fun. If you're Tennessee, you want to do something about that. You can't let Jalen Monroe have fun. Swain event fueled by Dead End Barbecue. Be right back. Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic, that's all sides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. What's up, fellas? It's Swain. When it comes to health, there are numbers every man needs to know, including your testosterone number. I recommend going to Low T Center. They make it quick and easy to get your levels checked, and it's only $25. You walk in, take a simple blood test, and with their on-site lab, you'll know your results in 25 minutes. Low testosterone levels can make you feel tired and grumpy, can cause lack of motivation and drive. It can raise your cholesterol, cause weight gain, and loss of muscle mass. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment. Low T Center, reinventing men healthcare. Dead End Barbecue has you covered when you need the food to be on point for your next event. Go to deadendbbq.com to learn more or call 865-414-9417. Dead End Barbecue, the catering search is over. Looking for a different way to enjoy the show? Yes. Then check out Swain Event TV on YouTube. Hey there, Swain Event crew. Just like fall sports, the Knoxville area real estate market is strong and growing stronger. We're in everything region. When you get the big orange itch to buy, sell, or invest, call me, Jennifer Morris, with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897 or email me at jennifermorris865 at gmail.com. Go Vols! Ben McKee, Go Vols 247. I'm Jason Swain, live from the Low T Center studio. Hope everyone's having a fantastic morning. 
the weather is getting cooler. Cuddle, it's cuddle weather, Ben McKee. It's cuddle weather. Uh, if you have some things around your home that you've been putting off, you need to take a hard look at your HVAC system, need some maintenance there, or if you have a clogged bathroom drain, Hiller has some big discounts for you this month. Half off HVAC tune-ups. Also, Hiller is bringing back their $99 drain cleaning special. Hiller will get you back up and running. Hiller's work is backed by the happy you'll be or service is free guarantee. Happyhiller.com. Got something here on the, uh, on the Twitter box. No text box today, so we'll call it Twitter box. How would you defend Milrow? Would you put a spy on him, or do you play him straight up? I don't think you can do the same thing for 60 minutes. I think you have to give him different looks. Man, we're talking about a guy that is no Bryce Young, no Joe Burrow, No Baker Mayfield is a passer, but he's really he's really good. He's really good at making plays with his feet, and he was really good throwing the football against against Texas A and M. They did not build upon that throwing performance versus A and M uh, in Arkansas game, but he has put on film that he can he can throw the ball from the pocket, and so. The last thing you want to do is be undisciplined in your assignments, um, your rush lanes. You don't want to give him the edge, the outside. You want to be very good about uh, keeping him in the pocket. As a DB, he's a quarterback that can extend the play. So, you're going to have to be on your man probably a half second to a second longer during the course of a game if he is able to extend the play with his legs. So guys like Miro just makes it harder for DBs because he can run around a little bit behind the line of scrimmage, keeping his eyes up, looking to throw. So if you're going to spy him, which I think there are situations where we'll need to do that, I don't think you do it for the entire game. The last thing you want is for his coaches to start predicting what we're going to do. Because there's an answer for everything. There's an answer for every every coverage, every wrinkle. There's a counter offensively. You just don't want the opposing team to know what you're going to do every single play. So, yeah, there's situations where you want to you want to spy him. There's other situations where you would rather use that player to cover a different part of the field on defense. But I do think you give him different looks. He's someone that is not experienced as a starting quarterback. This is his first year being a starter. Uh, so there's some things that we can do defensively that we haven't done that Alabama has not seen on film that we could maybe confuse him with. Like Joe Milton's pick last week, guys, I – I'm still trying to figure out what A&M did on that, on that defense, that coverage. I'm still trying to figure it out. 
Like, we saw a pre-snap quarters look. And Josh DeBerry, who plays corner, was playing safety and was just floating in the middle watching Joe Milton's eyes. I I haven't seen that coverage before. I feel like that was a wrinkle just for Joe. I think when AM saw how South Carolina went from two safety high to a single safety look versus South Carolina and Joe's interception versus South Carolina, um, the first one wasn't wasn't good. Like it was just cover three. But that wasn't cover three versus Texas AM. Cause we saw man to man on the outside. It was it was a funky wrinkle by DJ Durkin in the Texas AM defense. And that happens sometimes where you have a wrinkle just for that game that the offense has not seen on film. That's an example I'm talking about. So to answer your question, um, Nick, I would play him straight up. I would spy him. I would give him different looks. Yes, and to, to me in, in my head, it's how do you strike the balance of trying to generate pressure against him while also trying to confuse him. Because when Jalen Milrow has struggled this season, it, it, it's it been because he has not been able to read the defense correctly. And he tries to force things in. He, he throws. Y'all, y'all think Joe, have been, Joe has been throwing in the double and triple coverage the last couple of weeks. Jalen Milrow has been doing it all season long, multiple times a game. So how how do you make sure that, that you can not bring the house but get after him like you got after Max Johnson while also trying to confuse him on the back end? Because th- th- that's two different ways that, that you can affect him. A, by dropping guys into coverage and, and making him uh, read the defense and also making – an accurate throw with the football because like Joe, he has not shown that he can throw the football in the intermediate area accurately. Jalen Milrow is at his best throwing the football when he's launching it down the field. He he throws a beautiful deep ball. Uh, but right now, from what I've seen this season, the intermediate throws are, are not beautiful. Uh, so I, I think that's one way you can get at him and, and confuse him is, is by dropping in coverage uh, making him read the defense, and then making him make an accurate throw, but then also speeding up his process of having to do those things by by bringing extra rushers and, and, and blitzers and, and forcing him to make those decisions quickly because I don't think he is capable of doing that just yet. Maybe he will later on in his college career, but right now he's, he's still somewhat wet behind the ears and, and inexperienced. Uh, he does look more comfortable now than he did early September because he's played more. Um, but I, I still think he's he's still wet behind the ears. And if you can speed up that decision-making process, then then he's going to turn the football over. So it, it's always a weird balance, Swain, to me, of how you, you, you pick and choose. And I guess when you pick and choose. And, and Tim Banks is earning his paycheck Ooh. this season. Not that he hasn't before, but he, he is good at his job for a reason. And I'm not a defensive coordinator for a reason. But to me, just on the outside looking in, it, it's always interesting how you strike the, the balance of those two things because I, I think you can bait Jalen Milrow into mistakes either way. 
I'm glad you brought up Tim Banks, man. I'm glad you brought him up. Uh, well, not just Tim Banks. I had this thought yesterday because on Saturday after the game, I, I tweeted something out of, about Tim Banks earning his paycheck on, on Saturday. And, and not again, not that he hasn't earned it prior to last Saturday's game against A&M. But, man, Tennessee's defense just looked absolutely tremendous, obviously, on Saturday. But Tim Banks, Rodney Gardner is making Tim Banks' job a, a whole lot easier. Brian John Marie's having to rely on uh, quite a bit of, of youthfulness at that position next to Aaron Beasley. And, and then there's a whole lot of talk about Willie Martinez all the time, but Kamal Haddon sure does look like a developed corner. Gabe Judy Lally looks solid out there. Wesley Walker's gotten better since since he got here. And, and you really haven't had to say Jalen McCullough's name a whole lot this season. It, it looks like those DBs are, are playing well and progressing under Willie Martinez as well. So, uh, Mike Eckler and his edge rushers off the edge, although Rodney has a big hand in that as well. The whole defensive staff, Swain, I should say, is earning their paycheck right now. The, the difference between me and I think a lot of fans is like when something doesn't go well, doesn't look right, the first finger you point is at, at the coach. Me, the first finger I'm pointing is at the player. Most uh, of the time. And I remember when Tim Banks was like the center of criticism the last two years where defensively we didn't play well. But, man, you got to have dudes. You got to have depth. You got to have talent, man. This is why the offense was playing the way they was playing the first two years. It's why the offense is playing a little bit different this year because you can because the defense is – that much better. So, yeah, man, Tim Banks deserves a lot of credit, and this is why um, I rushed to defend him when folks were reaching for a low-hanging fruit and questioning Tim Banks and wanting to fire him for poor defense. But you got to have you got to have dudes. You got to have dudes in, in Tennessee. I don't know how Tennessee's going to be able to hang on to him this offseason. I mean, he, he was already receiving some phone calls this, this past offseason. I imagine those phone calls will only multiply this upcoming offseason. Yeah, let me get to the phones, and uh, we'll get back to uh, our messages. Swain Event, Fueled by Dead and Barbecue. Good morning. Who do we have with us? Hey, good morning, Swain. This is Mike down in Kindness, Georgia. What's up, Mike? Yeah, I just kind of wanted to tag on to what you were saying, and I've been, and frankly, I, I'll uh, say uh, ditto to what uh, Melissa was saying. I mean, we've got – um, we're playing so well in so many phases of the game. And even Greg McElroy said, you know, Tennessee gets their passing game clicking and be one heck of a dangerous team. And I, I totally agree with that. I think we're dangerous already. I would simply say we'll be even more dangerous. But to, to win with defense and running game is just awesome. I mean, when you consider this is Josh Heupel offense, um, I, I just I just love that fact. Um, you know, I was looking at the PFF. I, I have a question. In fact, I've been meaning to ask you guys, okay. you know, the PFF grades, what, what, first of all, how reliable are they? I mean, is it something we should really look at? Are they the coaches and players look at them? I mean, what, what's your take on PFF grades in general? I think programs use it for marketing when, when their grades are good. I mean, um, I take it with a grain of salt because it's hard for me to believe that um, pro football folks just knows the responsibilities of, of every play on a college football team. Uh, it's just hard for me to believe. But I think they are generally um, in, a, in the same ballpark. 
around the uh, right area of the ballpark when looking at the performance of a player. So, yeah, like Kamal Haddon has been really high on PFF's grades and James Pierce and Tyler Barron, but who's going to just really disagree with that when you can watch the right. games and watch how they've made plays? So, yeah, like I take it with a grain of salt. Uh, I don't, I don't use it as gospel though. Okay, yeah, that's kind of what I thought, but I, I was, I was just curious. Uh, um, you know, supposedly they break down the what do they call it? That'll the twenty-one film or whatever. Anyway, I guess they get the. The, the game film and break down each play by play mm-hmm. each player. It's, you know, I don't know how they can do that that quickly, but um, you know, and, and in the, after the South Carolina game, they, uh, at least on the site where we see the Tennessee PFF grades, um, they included phases of the game, <clears throat> PFF grades for various phases, not just the individual players. I didn't see that after the Alabama game, but going back to the South Carolina game, the, uh, the highest PFF grade for a phase of the game was Tennessee's coverage. It weighed got like a 91.2 or something like that. It was an elite, what would be classified as an elite grade for the coverage. It was the best unit or the best phase of the game that Tennessee got as far as a PFF grade. That's pretty amazing. Yep. Um, but again, you know, like you say, you got to take that with at least a grain of salt. But yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, about Tennessee's defense, Willie Martinez and Tim Banks and all the rest of them. I mean, you walk into a situation where 30 guys going to the transfer portal, and most of those were defensive players. Mm-hmm. I mean, good grief! What what <laughs> what do you expect? Exactly. <laughs> the, the the development has been, like you mentioned, Kamal Haddon. I mean, if that's not development, I don't know know what is. I mean, and and even Darnell Wright on the other side of the ball. I mean, he played his last. He wasn't all world, you know, in his first couple of years. He was kind of trying to find his way, and um, yeah, you know, he, he certainly made the offense look good, helped make the offense look good last year. But um, I think you got to, the flip side is there was some development there too in his last two years that he played under LRB and, and Hypo. And, and so I think you have to kind of give them credit where credit is due as well. But yeah, I just, I just wanted to say, I, you know, I, I love this coaching staff and what they're doing. I, I, I agree with Ben that you know we may we may be lucky to hang on to Tim Banks. People may be if he leaves, people may look back and say, you know, what the heck were we thinking? But um, I'm, I'm certainly excited about this upcoming game. I'm a little worried about Nancy being out. I think he's been a, an integral part of you know this offensive line coming together. Um, but it did look like Dane Davis maybe played better than he had early in the season. Correct. It's just that right tackle position. You know, we got to. That, that's a little bit of a concern, but um, I really like what we got going on, and if it, we can get this passing game clicking, um, it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. So, anyway, I'll hang up and listen to you guys, and as always, enjoy it. Hey, thank Thanks, you. man. Thank you so much. Yeah, Tim Banks doing his thing. He's he's a future head coach, no doubt, no doubt about it. A six five two hundred fifty five. Oh, three. Anything you see good there on, on Twitter? I think I see some some stuff here from um, <laughs> Brian Hunsucker says the first place you point the finger is at the players. Okay, Shane Beaver. Yeah, I just I just think at the end of the day, players should hold themselves accountable first. Not saying that coaches don't make bad calls and um, don't have bad games, but I just feel like. 
most of the time, you know, you got to execute your assignment and do do your job uh, at the end of the day. So that's kind of what I look at. Like sometimes the plays are called. It's a good play for what you get on defense, and one guy busts, and the whole play is blown up, and then people point at the coach. Why would you call that? Well, this is why I call that because this is the perfect play call for what we were going up against, but we just didn't execute. That happens way um, too many times when people want to go and blame the coach. All right, let's go back to the phones, 865-255-03. Uh, good morning. Who's with us? Uh, Justin in Florida. Hey, what's up, Justin? Hey, not much. How you guys doing today? Great, man. When does uh, the Red Sox and the Yankees play? Same time as the Braves. Matter? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> does, does, does it matter now? It does. Yeah, actually, the answer is next year. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, that's terrible. Oh. But, yeah, Ben, I do like your answer, same time as the Braves. Um, <laughs> it's Dwayne, I got, I got a question uh, for you, and I'd also like to get Ben's thoughts because I think it applies to more than just football. I mean, first question, actually, Swain, is have you ever been on a team where, and I think everyone can look at a lot of these games, look at the situations with the passing games, and realize it, it, we're not really far off. I mean, you know, drop passes, passes a hair behind a receiver, um, you know, guys not finishing a route totally. It, it seems like we're really, really close. And I think the point you just made about the coaches are calling the right things, but it's just not, you know, it's not being executed. And I know everyone's, you know, kind of on the same page of, you know, guys just got to go out and make a play. What do you, like, have you ever been in a situation like this where you've seen an offense struggle where it's like, you're just like, like a foot away from a big play or it just takes, you know, uh, the timing just being a, a split second difference between an incomplete pass or a completed pass. And what do you think can be done to change, you know, whether it's spending extra time at practice, is it, you know, um, you know, doing something different in your routine. Cause I am a big believer. And if you're just doing the same things over and over and over, you're going to be getting the same results. I would love to hear your thoughts on this. Both of you. Yeah. I've, I've been part of a uh, offense that struggled. I've also been part of offense that uh, was very, very explosive, um, you know, in the passing game and, struggled we didn't really get a resolution until the next season so we didn't get a resolution like during the season we had some moments here and there but uh it's a totally different quarterback scenario than than this team's quarterback scenario because there's one guy and um i don't i don't think that's really up for debate inside that locker room who who who's starting quarterback whereas with me um if it was multiple quarterbacks compete for a job and one won it over another and uh, the one that didn't win it should have been the starter the, the entire time so that was kind of the start of that but um in this situation with this passing offense i mean what you do there's only a few things you can do justin like you can work after practice before practice you know, catching more balls from your quarterback 
But I think the most important thing you can do is just get into the film room together. Watch the same play where you didn't connect. And the quarterback is telling the receiver what he's saying and why he did what he did. And the receiver can say the same thing and tell the quarterback what he did and why he did it and what he's thinking. I mean, that's the only way you can you can fix those things, get on the same page. And then when, you, when that play is called in practice, then you have had a conversation about what each other uh, were thinking. Now you're able to go out and practice field and actually make those physical corrections because the film room is about mental correction. So, I mean, that's, that's, that's what you could do. I mean, you, you got guys that's not playing with confidence and they, they got to play with confidence. There's no way to not be confident and be able to make plays the way your team needs you to make plays um, on, on the outside. Well, what can improve confidence midseason? I mean, to hear you say that, you know, it's tough to do, you know, this year and that's something that can be corrected in the offseason, I don't think anybody sort of wants to hear that right now, but I'm just wondering what the short-term solution is because I think yeah. you've said in the past, Wayne, you know, get spending more time either before practice or after practice and just the repetition can give the players confidence. Yep, yep, yep. My my offensive issues didn't get corrected until after the season in the off season uh, with the next with the next team. But you know, for for this team, uh, the way they can help with the passing game is man, those guys getting in the film room together, having a dialogue, going back on the practice field, working hard. I mean, the way the way you gain confidence is by putting in the work. I mean, that's that's the only way because you feel prepared, you feel. Um, you know, like you are ready for everything the defense is going to throw at you or the offense is going to throw at you or the opponent across from you is going to throw at you. So you're prepared. You're confident. So that's the only thing. And, um, you know, Tennessee's in a position where, like, if if guys are not making plays, can you replace them on the outside? And I don't, I don't, I don't think we are in that position because there, – there, there is nobody. Yeah, there's no one else. So – you got to make the play, and if you're Josh Heupel, um, you, you got to do whatever you can do to help this team win. And if that means slowing up the tempo a little bit and saying, okay, well, we're going to run the football more, and um, if we don't pick up this first down, then we'll, we'll let our defense put us in a better situation. Like, this is the first time that Heupel, since he's been here, can say, I don't have to go out and try to score 50 to have a chance to win. You want to score 50. You want to score every time you have the football. But do you really have to throw the ball in situations when maybe you can run the ball maybe and still pick up the first down or play field position because you do have a good special teams unit. You do have a really good defense. That's why, this, that's why this game is so intriguing because Tennessee is strong in areas where Alabama is weak. And Tennessee possesses some strengths like running the football, playing defense, rushing a passer, being able to create turnovers, where Tennessee can be any team, anywhere, anytime, on any given Saturday. But you can also lose to any team on any given Saturday if you throw the football for just 100 yards, unless you are going to get some special teams Scoring, which Tennessee got last week. 
Yeah, I I think against Texas A&M and Missouri and Kentucky and Vanderbilt, I I think you can get away with being one-dimensional on offense. I don't think you can get away with it against Alabama and Georgia. I would be surprised, very surprised. I'd be shocked if if Tennessee threw for 100 yards in Tuscaloosa this weekend, if the passing game looked like it did against A&M, and they won. I I think you have to have more balance. You cannot be one-dimensional offensively against Alabama and Georgia uh, and pull out a win unless your defense just has a historic outing. I, I would be surprised, stunned, if they were able to to pull off the same thing that they did against AM in terms of winning despite lack of production in, in the passing game. They've got to find a way to find some balance and, and not be one-dimensional against those two particular teams, in my opinion. Yep. Yep. Thanks for the phone call, Justin. I also just kind of, I mean, it, it's hard not to think, Swain, that that as the se- the season progresses, that Joe just is kind of what Joe is, um, and I, I don't think he's just been horrific. Like he he's not Jared Garantano or, or some of the uh, the other quarterbacks, Brian Maurer, um, JT Shrout. He he's not that. He he's not Keller Christ. He he's not been horrific, but I also don't think that he's been good enough to to go get you a win at Alabama or, or knock off a, a Georgia type. Um, he, he and and I don't know how he can improve quick enough to to where he he can beat those teams. I I, I just again looking back at the A and M game, it's. I don't understand how a sixth-year quarterback is is missing as many open receivers as he is missing, and I, I don't understand how a, a sixth-year quarterback can continue to have can continue to lack awareness when he is running the football. Uh, it just kind of baffles my mind, and to a certain extent, I, I do think Joe is what he is at this point. And and that's probably an average at best quarterback with just a, a ton of great physical tools that will, will never quite become what it could become. Um, because again, he, he's he's a sixth year college football player, not a redshirt freshman or a redshirt sophomore. He, he's been doing this a while, and and lately he's been making some rookie mistakes. And, and I don't see how you don't look at that as just Joe kind of being what Joe is at this point. Uh, in Birmingham makes a really good point. Uh, we don't need Joe to be great. We just need him to manage the game well. Don't turn the ball over. Control the time of possession. We need long, successful drives. Play good defense and put spy on Milrow that can tackle in space, and we win this game. Um, the first part, obviously, uh, was about was about Joe Milton. We just we just need Clemson, Joe Milton, and Clemson, Joe Milton was nineteen for twenty eight, two hundred fifty one yards. No interceptions. Yeah, he threw three touchdown passes, but I'll take two. I think two touchdown passes wins this game if you get that performance from Joe Milton. But in the Clemson game, you had a uh, a healthy Brew McCoy. Everybody was healthy because you had a month off. So you had Brew, you had Squirrel, you had um, Ramel, and all these guys were playing extremely high confidence. So – that's what you need from Joe. Like, you don't need him to go play perfect, but you, you need Clemson, Joe Milton, I think, if you want to beat Alabama and Georgia. Can you beat one of them? 
with less than 200 yards? Yeah, like it depends on what happens on defense, and special teams. Like it can happen, but like if we, we want to do what we want to do, which is go win the rest of our games, obviously, you know, you're going to have better, need to produ- better production from the quarterback position. That's, that is obvious. Um, 865-255-03. Let's go back to the phones. Good morning. Hey, fellas. What's going on on the East Coast? What's up? What's up, Rusty? Living, man. Um, want to want to throw out a silly thing uh, on what we should do for the first play of the ball game on offense, um, but I'll save that till the end. Um, I think one thing we got to do, and I want to hear both of your thoughts. The three, I think the three times we called design run plays for Joe, one was a quarterback draw, which only went like two yards. I don't love our quarterback draws because for whatever reason, they haven't worked much this year. I believe we had a touchdown using it one time and the rest of the times it went for less than two yards every time we called it. But, um, and that, that the touchdown was from like the seven. I think it was in the Austin P game. Um, the other two, the other two design run plays were one was, was when squirrel was in motion and it looked like it was, it was a pitch. It was a pitch option. Look where, Joe tucked when the defender took the pitch, man. Um, and then the other one was it's the design, basically power left, QB power left with the with the back leading, and he and he plowed over a, a defensive back late. And then the next pitch, when he, next play is when he threw the pick. I feel like we need six, six, seven of those calls a ball game with him running, whether it's whether it's QB power, whether it's. Um, pulling it on the on the option which i'm sure he's got more i'm sure there's been more opportunities for him to pull the ball out on, on the zone read um than he's actually done or maybe not maybe that maybe it's not an option much um or running some more of those squirrel coming in motion or d williams in motion or or just sprinting out of the pocket with the running back beside you whether whoever it is that's your pitch man any of those type of things I think we need more design things with Joe running the ball. Maybe maybe six to eight times a ball game. I I think he'll flourish doing that, and it might even relax him the more of those he does too. And I also wanted to get your take. We had just run it four plays consecutively. Joe had just plowed over a cornerback. It's first and ten from the twenty-four yard line, and. We called a pass play, and Joe got picked. Um, I remember Golish saying two years ago when we left Tuscaloosa, we didn't stay committed to the run enough. I, I felt like the other day, I know we only threw it 22 times, but I felt like we should have kept pounding them on the ground when we had them on their heels. Thoughts? I I, I thought, Swain, real quick, in that moment, I, I didn't think – Joe did a great job of resetting mentally from running yeah. the DB over. I, I felt like he was still too hyped up from the previous play when he made that interception. And, and I think the emotions of that previous play maybe led to the interception and, and not seeing things clearly because he didn't reset after running the DB over. Uh, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that. Uh, actually, I'm going to agree. I think, I think, um, sometimes you can get so hype, and we see this with throws from any quarterback that tend to be high when you're so jacked up. Saw that last year from Hendon. So, yeah, like Joe just has to bring himself down. Like you, you love that fire, you love that passion, but you can't let 
anything good or bad affects you the next play, and, and I think that's what happened. But I thought Joe ran the, the best uh, of his Tennessee career last week, and I think that's something that Joe's going to have to do moving forward. Is six to eight too many times to call design runs for him? Um, no, no. I mean, that's not that's not too many times. I mean, I'm, I'm on the low end of that uh, with some with some zone read stuff and maybe an option here and there, maybe quarterback draw. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm okay with that. I think wow. it all too depends on what how successful you are. You know, first two or three, you know, design yeah. runs. But I think Joe has to be an extension of the running game, for for sure. I said that last week going into Texas A&M, and I believe that moving forward, if if we're going to continue to have some of the issues that we're having in the passing game, you got to get the yards from somewhere. Yeah, when Rusty, I'm I'm with you. I I'd like to see them run Joe more, but I also think that Joe needs to to be more efficient when he is running the football. Uh, and I I do think he ran well against A&M outside of. The, the running short of the sticks on the free play outside of that particular play. I, I thought he ran really, really well. And it, and it helped Tennessee's run game out tremendously by, by not allowing A&M's defense to just lock on, on, on stopping the traditional run and having to account for Joe. But we have seen a lot of times where, where Joe lacks a, awareness while running the football, Joe, maybe not committing to, to, to running on a particular play as as much as he needs to commit. Just being slow to, to process things, I guess, or or just not just not if you are gonna run, go run. Don't don't be hesitant in making the decision whether or not to pull it. Just if it's there, take it and run with it. So I, I do think if if you are gonna run Joe, Joe needs to step up and be more efficient in running the football because we, we have seen several instances throughout his time at Tennessee when he has run the football of of him just just not just not hitting it and going i i think he needs to be more efficient he, he was against a m and he needs to do that consistently if if you're going to run him more totally i do think joe's inefficiency and 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 lack of whatever you want to call it whether it's running out of bounds or lack of of commitment to running i think he has those issues more whenever he breaks contain on a passing play when it's designed runs i think he's been pretty pretty solid on design run plays for him whenever he is asked to either pull it on his own read when the demons event crashes or plays it's just a you know qb power or, or or sprint option whatever those are he's pretty been pretty solid every time on those that we've called him this year it's just been the when he, when he escapes he doesn't always seem super committed to to doing it he's just trying to get as many yards as he can and then get get out, get out of bounds yeah let's, I, I, let's make this simple guys Joe needs to run the way he ran against Texas A&M yep, for, the, for yep. the most part and and on that play where he went out of bounds on the free play I really believe he lost track of the down and distance I think he thought the, the, that the offside free play gave us the first down because we were we were less than five yards to the first down. So I, I think he just thought, I can step out of bounds because we already got the first down with the penalty. That's got to be what that was. That's the only explanation I can come up with for it, and I'm sticking to that. Yeah. Well, <laughs> hey, man, it was a mistake for sure. Can't, yeah. can't first, make it again. First play of the ball game. First play of the ball game. Um, I want to see us bring back. We've done it one time in, since Josh Heibel's been here. We showed 
QB power to the right against South Carolina in 2021, and then Hendon stood up and hit. We had four verts, and it looked like QB power. We ran four verts, and we hit Peyton over the top. Basically, he, he, every defender bit on the QB power, then he stood up. And we haven't used that that play-action look since that one play two years ago. I'm ready to see that play again. It, it feels like it's time. Even if it's not the first play of the ball game, I, I want to see that play again. It, it was it was beautiful when it happened, and we need it, we need it back. Yeah, I mean, I think Alabama, y'all be good. Thank you. I think Alabama's going to be expecting a run. So, um, man, you, you you gotta you gotta have a nice first drive. We know how it is on the road. We know what we need to do. You got to go I out there and um, silence the crowd, take them out of the game as quick as possible. Uh, I think they should replicate the Joey Kent play, the, the Peyton Manning, the Joey Kent play. I, I think they should do that on the first play of the game. Well, that's a good idea. That's a great idea. 865-255-03. Swain event is fueled by Dead and Barbecue. It's Ben McKee, Go Balls 247. I'm Jason Swain. Be right back. What's up, Swain Event family? It's great to be on board. This is Taylor Hawkins with Modern Woodman Fraternal Financial, and I have one question for you. When was the last time you have slowed down and evaluated your financial situation? Just like the Vols, a great game plan leads to victory. Let us help you achieve your financial goals with a custom-made game plan. No matter what stage of life you're in, protecting your family and hard-earned money is important. So let one of our local and trusted financial professionals secure your future by visiting one of our 10 branch offices across Tennessee or give us a call locally at 865-312-5638. And remember, go Vols. Registered representative and investment advisor, representative offering securities and advisory services through NWA Financial Services, Inc., a wholly owned subsidiary of Modern Woodman of America, member of INCRA, SIPC. Hey there, Swain Event fam. If you're currently renting and just about priced out of your place, give me a call. Jennifer Morris with Keller Williams Realty at 865-257-7897. You may be able to buy a home and have monthly payments less than your rent. And wouldn't you rather pay your own mortgage than someone else's? Hope to hear from you soon and go Vols. Here in Knoxville, we love it when a squirrel's in the checkerboards. But when there's a squirrel in our attic, that's all sides. When that happens, call Alpha Wildlife. They're Knoxville's veteran-owned and operated wildlife removal company. When unwanted critters put their feet up on your coffee table, call 865-224-6555. Let the Tennessee fans at Alpha Wildlife evict those unwanted tenants and set your home up with a winning defense to keep that wildlife where it belongs. That's Alpha Wildlife at 865-224-6555. They have locations in Nashville, Memphis, Chattanooga, and in parts of South Carolina. Check them out online at alphawildlife.com. We're here with Dr. Michael Carlson of Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine to discuss stem cell treatment and PRP. If you have orthopedic injuries, you should give them a call. That's right, Jason. We specialize in regenerative non-surgical orthopedics. So we treat damaged tendons, ligaments, and joints by using ultrasound-guided injections with stem cells or PRP. And this form of treatment actually stimulates the body's own reparative process and allows for healing of the damaged tissue. So, Doc, what makes your training different than others? Well, Jason, I've been practicing 
in Knoxville for 26 years, and I'm certified in interventional regenerative orthopedic medicine through the American Academy of Orthopedic Medicine. At Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, I'm the one doing the procedure, and we're using your own bone marrow stem cells or PRP. So in other words, it comes from you and it goes back to you. So you know exactly what you're getting and know exactly the level of training involved. Tennessee Regenerative Sports Medicine, trsportsmedicine.com. East Tennessee's leader in PRP and stem cell therapy. When you are craving some quality barbecue, there's only one place to go. Dead End Barbecue. Dead End Barbecue has been featured on ESPN's Taste of the Town, the first barbecue restaurant on the SEC Network, CBS Sports, Headline News Tailgate Show, Amazon Prime's The Restaurant Comeback, Food Paradise, and named one of the top 100 barbecue restaurants in America. The search is over. Dead End Barbecue is located on 3621 Sutherland Avenue right here in Knoxville. You can even have it delivered right to your door through Chow Now. Visit their website at deadendbbq.com. Dead End Barbecue. The search is over. The conversation doesn't stop when the show is over. Follow the Swain event on Twitter and like this show on Facebook. Swain event fueled by Daddy Barbecue. I wonder who's going down to Tuscaloosa tomorrow. I know you're going down there. I'm I'm worried. I, I'm I'm worried for you. I'm Why? Honest. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I I know you've grown and and you've matured so much since you met me. Just just really 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 proud of you and the ways uh, that that you have. Uh, matured. Do want to pass along Jennifer Morris's note of the day here before we get out of here in a couple of minutes. Uh, she just simply wanted me to to give a shout out to Dead End Barbecue. She said she stopped by yesterday, grabbed some banana pudding, and she wishes everybody safe travels to everybody who is traveling down to Tuscaloosa this weekend. I also uh, stopped in at Dead End Barbecue yesterday evening with the family. Uh, got me the Bernie Mac. The burn-ins were delicious on the mac and cheese. Uh, the wifey had her typical uh, pulled pork sandwich because she's very basic in that way. And then a little man had the kids menu with the PBJ and, and a side of mac and cheese. He, he loves him some some dead-end mac and cheese, so he was going to town on, on that. So uh, shout-out to Dead End Barbecue taking care of us yesterday. And uh, as always, if, if you're looking to, to buy or sell a home in the Knoxville area, and now, if you're anywhere in the country, Jennifer Morris can help you out of Keller Williams Realty. So I do encourage you to reach out to Jennifer because she is the best and will take all that stress away from you. I promise. I promise. Yeah, congratulations to Jennifer. I saw where she closed um, on a home for a family uh, yesterday. So congratulations there. Um, Melissa, thanks for the, the, the nice message on Twitter, grew up watching the Vols, graduated from Tennessee in 04, and um, she's had the most fun um, watching a whole defense since the, the 90s. So how about that, man? You know, the conversation's been honestly too much about Joe Milton, not enough about uh, this Tennessee defense that will give any team an opportunity to win a football game when you 
play the way Tennessee's defense has been playing. So um, quarterback position is important, no doubt about it. Man, this Tennessee defense uh, has been playing some damn good football. And the reason why Tennessee has a chance to win this football game, and if they do win this football game, it will be, I think, because of the pressure they put on Jalen Milrow and the plays that they're able to make on that side of the football. Um, you think it'll be a low-scoring game like Texas A&M? I think it'll be a little bit more than, than Texas A&M, but I do think it's going um, to be 20s to low 30s. That's that's what I think. Do you think Tennessee needs a special teams touchdown or defensive touchdown to win this football game? If Joe plays the way he did last week and our offense uh, with our passing game, plays the way it plays last week, yes. If it's better, then no. It helps 100%, but I just think it just depends on where you get the production from. I mean, it has to balance out. If you don't get it in the passing game, then you got to find explosive plays in other phases. It can be defense. It can be special teams. And that's what Tennessee did versus Texas A&M. What Texas did versus Alabama, and this was the last time Alabama lost a football game, um, you had a, uh, Texas have 350 yards passing, three interceptions and and no interceptions. Quinn Ewers was really dang good. You had a receiver go for 114 yards. You had another receiver go for 78, and another one go for 75. So, You might have to do somewhere close close to that. I don't think we'll have that type of production spread amongst our receivers, but you're going to have to have at least, I think, 225, 250 yards uh, passing. Yeah, I don't know if defense and special teams needs to punch it in the end zone, per se, for Tennessee to win this game, but I do think that you probably at minimum need two splash plays from defense or special teams to set up the offense and put the offense in a, in a good position to to go take advantage uh, of some momentum or field position or whatever. I I do think that the the defense and special teams, they they need two kind of game changing plays that, that set the offense up. Maybe yeah. I don't have to punch it in all the way, but at least set the offense up twice at yeah. minimum. Yeah, remember last year, I mean, Tennessee was able to win the field position game. Alabama had so many penalties. Um, so your starting position um, on offense, that, that matters. Are you starting your possessions from, from your own 19-yard line or your own 32-yard line? I mean, those, those, those things matter. Um, so the hidden field position game is going to be very, very important like it was last week, like it was last year, like it is in every game between you know, two good good teams. And um, we'll see which team is better between the two good teams. I don't think either team is great, but I think both teams are good and have opportunity to be pretty good and uh, put themselves in position to play for something um, more special later uh, in the season. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. It's here. 
It's here. Here we go again. Wasn't too long ago when Tennessee was able to handle some business against Alabama. Well, got to be able to do it this week. It's going to be a good one. We'll be here Tuesday. Talk about it. Swain event. Fueled by Daddy and Barbecue. Top 100 barbecue restaurant uh, in America. Mind, body, wellness. It's time to allow Mind, Body, Wellness here in Knoxville to help design a plan for your mental wellness. They are accessible, affordable, available. MindBodyKnoxville.com is a website. Go there. Schedule a mental wellness assessment. That is MindBodyKnoxville.com. For Ben McKee of Go Vols 247, I'm Jason Swain here in the Low T Center Studio. Hope everyone has a great rest of your Thursday and the rest of your week. Peace. Much love. We are out.